Good morning. My name is Reverend Marisol Caballero. A lot of people call me Reverend Mari for short. And I am one of the assistant ministers here at First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We welcome you. We welcome you especially if it's your first or second time here. Every week we take a moment to greet the holy in our midst, in this room, with, his, with us here right now, by turning to our right and left and saying hello to one another, another, because we do contain a spark of the divine within each of us. Please do so. Please join me in the words by which we light our chalice, the symbol of our faith. They're to be found in your orders of service. In the light of truth and the warmth of love, we gather to seek, to find, and to share. Each week we gather and we're all so very different. And that's what's so awesome about all of you. We are. We're all so very different. I have come across in talking to you all so many different points of view, so many different beliefs about the here and now, about the afterlife, about politics, about society, all of it. And yet we're here in this room together and we're one big family and it's great and we can do that. But why? What brings us together? Well, so many things. But one that we care enough about to highlight every week is the mission statement that we wrote together as a community. And it took a long time to get there, and you did it. And it's on the wall. Join me. We gather in community to nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice. Some beliefs are like walled gardens. They encourage exclusiveness and the feeling of being especially privileged. Other beliefs are expansive and lead the way into wider and deeper sympathies. Some beliefs are like shadows, clouding children's days with fears of unknown calamities. Other beliefs are like sunshine, blessing children with the warmth of happiness. Some beliefs are divisive, separating the saved from the unsaved, friends from enemies. Other beliefs are bonds in a world community where sincere differences beautify the pattern. Some beliefs are like blinders, shutting off the power to choose one's own direction. Other beliefs are like gateways opening wide, vistas for exploration. Some beliefs weaken a person's selfhood. They blight the growth of resourcefulness. Other beliefs nurture self-confidence and enrich the feeling of personal worth. Some beliefs are rigid, like the body of death, impotent in a changing world. Other beliefs are pliable, like the young sapling, ever-growing with the upward thrust of life. 
I'd like to invite you all now into the spirit of prayer and meditation. Spirit of life and of love, of family, of everyday people, of friends, God of many names. We invite your presence into our hearts and into our hands and into our minds as we open up, allowing new knowledge, allowing, challenging our own assumptions, allowing new work, new beliefs to take root and take shape and guide our hands as we help to build this world that we've all dreamt of, that we know has yet to arrive. We ask these and the many silent, unvoiced prayers of our hearts, everything we've come into this space with, those who are hurting, those who need someone to celebrate with them. We carry those into the time that we light candles during our musical meditation, and we carry our silent amen into that act as well. During our musical meditation, I invite you to either remain seated silently in your pew or to carry that silent celebratory thought or that silent, grievous, bad news that you've received in this past week or the person that you're most worried about Carry those thoughts with you to the window, light a candle, and leave that thought in that flame so that the flame can carry it up, up, up to the very air that we breathe and share together in this space, allowing us to breathe it in so that you don't have to leave mourning or celebrating alone. May it be so. Amen. Good morning. Thank you for this opportunity to share with you our experiences in the Building the World We Dream About class taught by the RE department of this church. Some of us started this journey in September. Some have been traveling for about a year and a half and some have made this an integral part of their lives. We started this course by confronting our own issues of racism based mainly on the simple fact that many of us were born into and raised in the atmosphere of a privileged white middle-class environment. White privilege is a major and perhaps central concept we explored with its built-in assumptions and blind spots many of us had not considered before. We read and shared a lot of personal stories. Reverend Marie and Vic Cornell supplied us with a treasure trove of articles, videos, and blogs addressing current views on white fragility, systemic racism, reverse racism, racism, and many, many more concepts and claims 
that provoked a lot of thoughtful discussion. Did you know, for example, that Austin is considered the most economically segregated major city in the U.S., according to the Martin Prosperity Institute? Now, members of this congregation have been in the forefront of actions to promote social justice issues, getting involved in demonstrations, protests, marches, prayer vigils, petitions to legislatures. Unitarian Universalists have a long history of speaking out and getting involved in causes that promote justice. It's written on the wall of the sanctuary. It's part of our mission, and we read it earlier this morning. However, while participating in this class, we had to confront what will it take to create a world we dream about. We came to realize it's not only about what we do, but also how we think. How we think about the issues and how we think about each other, that will make a difference. And we realized how critical it is to acknowledge the insulation our privileged circumstances give us and then begin to strip away the layers if we want to. This isn't easy work, not comfortable work. Nor is it clear exactly how to bring about change. Tolstoy once said, everyone thinks of changing the world but no one thinks about changing himself. Nonetheless, we asked ourselves, can we stand by as the Voting Rights Act of 1965 is being undermined in many states, including our own? Can we stand by as unarmed men and women of color uh, being harassed, beaten, shot, and killed by our police? Can we stand by as more black men are being incarcerated in 2015 than were black slaves before the Civil War? Can we stand by as our public schools are being stripped of funding, leaving schools incapable of providing an adequate education in marginalized areas? Can we stand by as women and children from Central America seeking political asylum are being corralled by detention centers? Can we stand by? we realized that, yes, we can stand by, we have and we still do. The reality is that for most of us in this room, our lives are not directly impacted by these issues. It's not our sisters, brothers, children, cousins, nephews, nieces, or grandchildren who face these concerns. That's what it means to be privileged to be part of a dominant culture. And yet, if we merely stand by, observe the world around us, but don't examine ourselves, we miss the opportunity to expand our humanity by doing the hard work of uncovering our blind spots, questioning our assumptions, and peeling away our protective insulation. Then we might be able to form true alliances with our less privileged brethren. So what is our role? How do we effectively participate in these causes? 
and become involved in these dialogues? What will it take to build the world we dream about? It's a tension worth exploring. I'm going to say a lot what Anne said, except not sound as erudite, I, I expect. Um, I like boats, and I built some boats. And in the early days of the Internet, I followed a, a news group called rec.boats.building. And uh, there was a guy who posted on there a lot, and he had a signature at the bottom of his posts. And it said, the problem with good ideas is that they soon degenerate into a lot of hard work. <laughs> and this is certainly true with building boats and, and with building the world we dream about. Um, yeah, I, I thought I was all on board and all okay with uh, anti-racism and civil rights. And I, it was just, it was... It's been a surprisingly harder um, and different journey than I thought. I, uh, I signed up for the class. It seemed like a good idea. In the 60s, I went to, uh, I, I grew up in the 60s, and, and uh, I went to a progressive elementary school where we studied the history of slavery in America in some detail, and um, I watched Roots on TV, I guess with probably some of others of you, um, the egregious wrongs of slavery and this, the racial hatred that slavery uh, spawned uh, offended me in my sense of fairness. It, it does still today. So I, I took the class. I wasn't, I guess I, I wasn't sure what I was expecting exactly, but um, I'm, a, I'm a student who I'm really good about going to class. I'm not real good about doing homework. But I went to class, and I, I did manage to read some of these articles that, uh, that Maudie and Vic suggested. And um, it became really clear that uh, the first step in this, this work, this journey, um, is in, in interior work, as Anne suggested. Um, and I, I think I'd heard the phrase white privilege before this class, but I, I had sort of, I don't know, I hadn't delved into it. And during the course of the class, it, it's, it is something I delved into, and it, it was, I came at it kind of warily. I, I, it made, it, 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 it's something that did make me uncomfortable. And um, I, I felt, I felt like I was, I had to feel bad and guilty about something that I didn't feel like I was responsible for exactly, and it seemed kind of unfair in some way. And um, and I I kept exploring, I kept reading, and 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 what I realized is that you, you don't you don't have to feel guilty about <laughs> white privilege, but you do need to be aware of it. You do need to start to believe that it's real, that it's true, that, and that the, the first step to um, 
unwinding some of the more subtle aspects of, of racism and um, oppression. They, you need to recognize that, that, uh, that, that there, there is a lot of um, subtle op- oppression and, and injustice and lots of not-so-subtle oppression and injustice, too. Um, so, as, uh, as you proceed in your journey, as you, as you choose to make it in this, in this work in building the world we dream about, um, you know, what do, what do we say about comforting the afflicted and afflicting the comfortable? Um, be prepared to, to, to be part of the... Uh, the uh, uncomfortable there because it's um, it's surprisingly uh, challenging work, um, and I guess the thing that comforts me as I as I approach that difficulty is I know that that the th- the things that make that hard are really kind of my pride and my and my misunderstanding, my false self, and so as you work through. Um, as you work through these things, you're really uh, uncovering your your real self and um, and creating a place for your light to to shine more brightly and more more completely. Thank you. Good morning. Oh my goodness, this is my first time up here. This is great. <laughs> Back in August, I was given an opportunity to become a facilitator in a program called Truth Be Told. In this program, women, incarcerated women, are encouraged to tell their stories and maybe in that process liberate themselves and maybe liberate others in, the, in doing that. To become a facilitator, I had to be a participant in the program in the TBT class. As a woman of privilege, I wasn't sure how I would be able to relate to the women in prison and saw the need to become more aware, more conscious, more, and more respectful of the conversations I was about to have. It was around this time that the anti-racism class, be Building a World We Dream About, was being offered. Being new to Austin and enmeshed in my own preconceived New York liberalism, I realized the need to broaden my perspectives, my perceptions. The class helped me confront my own assumptions about living in Texas, about privilege, about my righteous liberal need to help. With a more open perspective, from the conversations we had in the Building a World We Dream class, I was better able to listen and bear witness to the process of truth-telling in the TBT prison program. I began to see myself in the humanity of the women behind bars. As the women in the TBT class program told their stories, it became so clear that the participants in the class and the facilitators 
shared a common humanity, with hurt and pain being the common denominators, with the equation leading to self-love. I witnessed women telling their stories who had never been given a chance to express themselves in public. And in that process, they released years of pain, regret, and anguish. I witnessed women claiming their humanity. One woman told her story initially to convince us that she really was a bad person. See, look at all the bad things I did. And no one, no one in the class bought her story. One woman actually even said, you know, there's something under, the, under all of that. You should really take a look. After the class, at the end of the class, after everyone had told their stories, she finally broke down. She was really nervous the last class, and she was like rubbing her hands and shaking. And she finally said, I remember something. And she shared the one memory that had been so hidden and so buried. Once she saw what compelled her to act the way she did, she was transformed. When I told my story, I wasn't sure how the women would react. But I'd like to read one of the women's responses to my story. Wow, I really liked your story. You're a very powerful, strong woman. Stay focused, and there's nothing wrong with being a bitch. (laughs) In the beginning of our service, we take time to meet and greet each other recognizing the divine spark that resides in us all. Reverend Marjorie Bowens Wheatley, a UU minister, stated, It is gaining confidence through relating to others that there is a sustaining grace in the universe, a power beyond ourselves that holds us, and that we experience this power through our relationship with others and they with us. In other words, faith is relational. Yes, we need each other to confront our limitations, and we need each other to confront the issues at hand. I ask you, all right, so I was a drama teacher, so bear with me. I'm going to ask for a little interplay here. Look at your hands. There are more nerve endings coming out of the tips of your three fingers, your thumb, index, and middle finger, than anywhere in your body, hence the pose of yogis and priests. Yes, we spread germs when we, with our hands, but we also spread our energy when we shake the hands of others. I ask you, please bear with me, and if you need to move, but take the hand of the person on your left and the person on your right. Left hand down, right hand up. Left hand down, right hand up. I know. (laughs) And just take a moment and close your eyes. And inhale in your mind's eye the energy from the person on your left into your body. Just inhale and then hold it for a count of three. One, two, three. Hold their energy, hold their, hold their light. 
And now exhale in your mind's eye that energy to the person on your right. And one more time. Inhale the energy of the person from your left. Hold it in your body for a count of three. One, two, three. And in your mind's eye, exhale that energy to the person on your right. Okay, you can open your eyes now. Thank you. Yes. Just like the Aussies say, A-mate. You can now acknowledge your soulmates. We are soulmates because that's what we are for each other. We can reach out to each other in dialogue. We can join hands in support of the work we choose to do together. Please look in your order of service from today. You're going to find a card with some suggestions, thanks to Peggy Morton, of ways you can share your voice, your energy, your goodwill, and your sense of justice in programs that are currently being offered through First UU. Please take it home for your reference. Find other soulmates in this congregation or elsewhere to join you in one of these programs or in causes that call for your effort to build a world we dream about. I want to invite you all to join me in the words by which we extinguish our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Take courage, friends. The way is often hard, the path is never clear, and the stakes are very high. Take courage, for deep down, there's another truth. You are not alone. Amen. Go in peace. This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at www.austinuu.org.